and give me 25. I'm the gunny. It's time for the court with gunny it's, it's time for the gunny. It's time. It's time. The quarter deck. Lights, lights, lights. Get online right now. You got 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 0. The quarter deck. It's time for the gunny. Hello, my bunch of knuckle-dragging, beer-drinking, hard-charging devil dogs. You're listening to the quarter deck. I am your host, Miguel, the Gunny Signs. Get out the box! I do solemnly swear. I do solemnly swear. That I will support you. Get you're listening to the quarter deck with Miguel the Gunny Signs. And let me tell you guys, so many things have changed in the last past year since this whole pandemic and everything started. Not only in the Marine Corps, but with everybody that is dealing with this situation with everything going on. And especially right now with the situation going on with everybody wanting or not wanting to get the vaccine. The way that I look at it, the whole time that we were on active duty in the Marine Corps, I can't even imagine how many shots that I received while I was in the service. I can remember that, you know, going through recruit training back in 95, lining up outside of medical out there in Paris Island, South Carolina. And we just do a walkthrough and it was like a vaccine factory. You walked through and you were getting shot left and right with those vaccine guns with the corpsman just stabbing you with a bunch of stuff that we had no idea what the heck it was. And then we look further into the future and we look into the anthrax before everybody was going down there to Iraq and Afghanistan when this whole thing started back then. 20 years ago, it uh, makes you wonder, you know, how much stuff is actually in your bodies that really was approved, not approved and stuff like that. So who knows if COVID looks at uh, a service member or retiree, a veteran, whatever, and goes inside their body and says, oh, hell no, and leaves right away because there's so much stuff inside the body of everything going on right now. That's one of the main things that is on the big news right now, because especially now that the president has mandated that all government employees and so forth, medical personnel, first responders, all those kinds of people to get vaccinated or lose their job. That's a huge, huge thing about what's going on right now because you should have the right to decide whether you want to have certain things inside of your body or you don't want to have certain things inside your body. You know, that's the rights. That's the rights of, uh, and that's the, one of the great things about being here in America that you have the choice to decide, you know, the things that you want to do or that you don't want to do. So to me, it's a dictatorship. It's communism at its finest. And a lot of people don't seem to think that way and they don't see that. And that could be because they're blinded by everything that's going on. And I'm not going to get into politics here because as you guys know, I don't talk a lot about politics, whatever. My opinion is my opinion. I keep it to myself. You have the right to have your own opinion. Just don't bring it at me because I really don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear what you got to say. Now, on a different note, I actually stopped watching the news when everything was going on out there in Afghanistan with everybody being evacuated from there. Makes me think back, you know, when me and the unit of Marines that I had, that we were down there in Afghanistan doing our thing, doing patrols, suppressing fire, all those things that we did out there. 
And it made me start thinking, you know, what exactly did we do? Was it even worth us being over there? And I'm sure that I'm not the only one that's having those thoughts because I've had a lot of the Marines that were down there with me, contact me. And we had long discussions about everything that we accomplished while we were down there. The one thing that I can reassure them of is that they understand that when we deployed and we were over there, we were there for each other. We were there to take care of each other, to make sure that Marine to the left and to the right of us were safe and that we were all going to be able to come home. And that brings me to another thing. All those Marines that we lost while we were over there, what does that really mean now? What does it mean? Does that mean that they actually gave their life in vain? You know, was it not even worth it with the government that we have currently right now deciding to just pull everybody out, leave all kinds of millions and millions of dollars of equipment over there to arm the Taliban? The same individuals that we were fighting for so many years to make sure that they were not in charge, they didn't have the country on lockdown. And now it was just simply handed to them back again. So that's another issue that's going on. And, you know, you guys let me know what you guys think. Let me know on my Facebook page, you know, so let me know your feelings because I know that it is on everybody's mind right now. Military, non-military. I've had a lot of civilians that have asked questions about that and everybody's the same. We don't really want to talk about it. We don't want to tell them, you know, what we're feeling and stuff. And that's understandable because they weren't there with us. But feel free to contact me so we can discuss it over the next podcast and we can get those, those emotions out and stuff and everything. So you can always reach me on my Facebook page on the quarter deck with Gunny Signs and I will get to all those questions. I'll go through there every day and, and uh, do an update to see what's been going on with all those questions and things that are going on. And I want to go ahead and thank you guys and for the continued support for all of you listening to me here on Podbean or the Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, wherever you decide that you want to listen to the quarter deck, it's greatly appreciated that you are listening to us wherever you're coming from. Another issue that's been going on has been on the news is the video, the YouTube video, the TikTok video that was published by Lieutenant Colonel Stuart Scheller down there from Camp Lejeune. Now, whether you guys agree or disagree with what he had to say, you know, coming straight from me from the gunny's mouth, you know, I commend him for saying what he said because he's right. People have to be held accountable. People have to be held accountable for the decisions that we make when you're out there in the battlefield or wherever you may be. The choices that you make, it is a one-time choice that's going to make. What happens when you make that decision? Ultimately, it's going to be your responsibility because you're the one that decided to do that to send individuals into a certain environment send them to do a certain mission and stuff whether the mission wasn't uh you know was required to do or it had to be done but the repercussions you have to be held accountable for those things i can account for many times when you know i was deployed and being the battery gunnery sergeant for my battery as a senior artilleryman there I had the responsibility to make sure that we were doing what we needed to do if we had to do it with the least risk that we had to take. There was times when, you know, my battery commander wanted to do certain things while they were, you know, great opportunities to go out there and gain more ground. The logistical aspect of it, of being able to supply the Marines that were out there with ammunition and anything like that, 
was going to be an issue. It was going to be an issue and we had to make sure that it was able to be done. So yes, there were times when, you know, I had to step up and I had to say, no, no, sir, you need to really think about what you're trying to do. The problem is going to be doing this situation because we have to do certain things in order to get there. And it's going to take a long time to get out there to those individuals. If something should happen, you know, we're just asking for some kind of mass casualty to happen. And then we're not going to be able to support those individuals that are out there to make sure that we take care of them. I was looked at like, well, why, why, why shouldn't we do this and that? And, and I get it. There's individuals that are out there that want to leave their stamp on things because they're in charge, they're in their command, and they want to leave their mark that they did something to say that, yeah, I did it. I was there. I did this and this and this. Now you try to do it better than I did. And I understand. And Lieutenant Colonel Schuler, he talked a lot about, especially the letter that the commandant uh, put out, you know, talking to the Marines out there, because as we know today with social media, everybody's able to post certain things, you know, right away or even do it live for that matter of fact. So they were Marines out there in Afghanistan were posting certain things, you know, they weren't, you know, putting a lot of things, but because of OPSEC and things like that, but he makes a great point. And, you know, we want to make sure that we take a look at that and understand, you know, what he was talking about. So let's take a listen. This is Lieutenant Colonel Schuler talking about what the commandant actually had to say. Some of you may be struggling with a simple question. Was it all worth it? We want you to know that your service is meaningful, powerful, and important. You fought for the Marine to your left and the Marine to your right. You never let them down. And then you go on to say that, you know, if we're, we're struggling, we should, we should seek counseling, which, you know, I get it. People have killed people. Um, I've killed people, and I, and I seek counseling, um, and that's fine. There's a time and place for that. But the reason people are so upset on social media right now is not because the Marine on the battlefield let someone down. That service member has always rose to the occasion and done extraordinary things. People are upset because their senior leaders let them down, and none of them are raising their hands and accepting accountability or saying, we messed this up. So as you guys can see, he's talking directly to the commandant because he wants to let him know, hey, did anybody step up and take accountability for what the heck is going on? And he makes some great points about what he's talking about. You know, I tend to agree with him because of what he said. And he's right. For many, many years, he's been in the service for 17 years. So the whole entire time that he's been on his, in service, this whole war on terrorism has been going on. Same way that I can, take, I can take a look at it and say that when I was on active duty, when I was in the service, you know, same thing. Yes, I may be retired. I may not be on active duty anymore, but he's got a great point. So somebody has to be accountable for what's going on. So let's continue to take a look and see what else he has to say. If an 05 battalion commander has uh, the simplest live fire incident EO complaint, boom, fired. But we have a secretary of defense that testified to Congress in May that the Afghan National Security Force could withstand the Taliban advance. We have chairmen of Joint Chief, who the commandant is a member of that, who's supposed to advise on military policy. We have a Marine combatant commander. All of these people are supposed to advise. And I'm not saying we've got to be in the in Afghanistan forever, but I am saying, did any of you throw your rank on the table and say, hey, it's a bad idea to evacuate Bagram Airfield, the strategic air barriers, before we evacuate everyone? Did anyone do that? And when you didn't think to do that, did anyone raise their hand and say, we completely messed this up? I've got battalion commander friends right now that are posting similar things, and they're saying, you know, wondering if it, all the lives were lost and, and if it was in vain, all those, all those people that we've lost over the last you know, 20 years. 
and he goes on to say that we're all part of a chain. While every link may not be tested, the strength of the chain is only as strong as each link, and you got to be, you know, good link, something like that. And what I'll say is, and from my position, potentially all those people did die in vain if we don't have senior leaders that own up and, and raise their hand and say, we did not do this well in the end. Without that, we just keep repeating the same mistakes, this amalgamation of the economic slash corporate slash political slash higher military ranks are not holding up their end of the bargain. I want to say this very strongly. I have been fighting for 17 years. I am willing to throw it all away to say to my senior leaders, I demand accountability. With that being said, the same way that he said, everybody's demanding accountability for what happened. And again, he's absolutely correct. This is the kind of officer that, you know, that we look up to because he's absolutely right. And the same thing that I've told all the officers throughout the many years that I've served on active duty, you have to take care of your Marines. You have to take care of them to make sure that they understand that you're there for them. That's the goal. That's the main thing. That's what an officer is supposed to do. That's what they're there for. They handle all the political stuff and everything to make sure that they're going to be taken care of and there's not going to be any issues. The quarter deck is brought to you by Miguel Science Photography. From the beginning of your family to the first birthday and beyond, whether it's a retirement or a Marine Corps ball, Miguel Science Photography is there to make memories that will last a lifetime. Miguel Science Photography is a certified veteran-owned business. Contact them at miguelsciencephotography.com. What we're going to do right here is go back. Way back, back into time. What we're going to do right now is we're going to go ahead and take a look at one of the books that I've started reading and I want to share with you guys. It is the, one of the books that has the history of the 1st Marine Division in Iraq in 2003. It is called No Greater Friend, No Worst Enemy. It is a, one of the great books. If you get a chance to read it, uh, go ahead and pick it up and read it. But we're going to look at it together. It is a book that is by Richard D. Camp Jr. He's a colonel of the United States Marine Corps. He's now retired and stuff. And he's uh, the acting director of the Marine Corps history. So I'm going to go ahead and start by reading the preface to you guys so you guys can share this with me. In the final analysis, Saddam's regime and its threat could not be defeated except by fighting it. Yet in the history of war, the two U.S. divisions that carried the brunt of the fighting, the 3rd Infantry Division and the 1st Marine Division, are not impressive in numbers. History has seen much larger forces, but on the shoulders was placed the burden of liberating the Iraqi people and planting the seed of freedom in the Middle East. In the chaos, confusion, and uncertainty of an ever-shifting and always dangerous battlefield, the young men and women who faced this enemy distinguished themselves for their presence of mind, their steadfast commitment to each other, and their willingness to pay the price for our freedom and the freedom of the Iraqi people, a people they barely knew. The events chronicled here capture the story of the Marines of Blue Diamond as they prepared for war, conquered an army, and liberated a nation. From across America and beyond, they chose the demanding path to become Marines. 
These Marines marched in the ranks of this national treasure that we call the 1st Marine Division. And at a time when the timid souls of cynical pundits grew loudest, these men shouldered their weapons and moved without hesitation against the enemy. Our victory was not inevitable. It was the courage, unselfishness, and skill of young men of Blue Diamond to whom we owe our victory. Unit history such as this cannot capture, but we will remember of those men we lost. The young smiling faces of these men will carry more inside of us than our words can ever convey. For young as they were, they proved themselves to be the very best of warriors. We record history so that the others may share our story. We record history so that others may learn from it. We record history to remind us what of what happened on these battlefields when we grow old. Most of all, we record history as a monument to our men and their families' sacrifice. We will always remember those we lost. Someday we will smile and laugh when we recall them amongst us, of how we were happy beside them, exasperated with them, but how we trusted them always with our dreams and with our very lives. As we look today at the men and women of the 1st Marine Division, we can take heart at what we see. The courage to defend our country is still there. That awesome determination to defend our freedom will never die. In Iraq, those who followed in the footprints of the heroes of Guadalcanal, Inchon, Pew City, and Desert Storm proved themselves worthy to be counted among their numbers. No mere narrative can fully capture the efforts, the risk, and sacrifices of the men and women of the 1st Marine Division during Operation Iraqi Freedom. No words can capture the tears of family members as they sent their loved ones off, perhaps for the last time. Nothing we can say will bring back our beloved comrades that made the ultimate sacrifice on the battlefield. Yet, unsung the noblest deeds die. This is the story of the noble deeds of a special group of Marines who chose to serve their nation in the cause of freedom in a distant place. Missing from this narrative are many of the individual stories of heroism and were daily parts of this operation. The accounts of squads, platoons, and companies who fill volumes and cannot be included here. This narrative focuses on the collective actions of these Marines who served as part of Blue Diamond. It is not a story of each of them, but the story of all of them. Semper Fidelis. You have been listening to The Quarter Deck with Gunny Signs, and I want to thank all of you, wherever you may be listening, on whatever application you may be listening to us today. I want to go ahead and take this opportunity to go ahead and end the podcast with a reading of the 13 service members that were killed in Afghanistan in that suicide bombing. It's been a little while since it happened and stuff, but it has taken a little while for me to actually want to actually do the podcast discussing all the issues going down there in Afghanistan. So without wasting any more time, let's go ahead and read the names of the fallen. Marine Corps, Lance Corporal David Espinoza. Marine Corps Sergeant Nicole Guy. Marine Corps Staff Sergeant, Darian Taylor Hoover. Army Staff Sergeant, Ryan Canas. Marine Corps Corporal, Hunter Lopez. Marine Corps Lance Corporal, Riley McCollum. Marine Corps Lance Corporal, Dylan R. Marola. Marine Corps Lance Corporal, Kareem Nicoloy. Marine Corps Corporal, Deegan William. Marine Corps Sergeant, Johnny Rosario. Marine Corps Corporal. Humberto Sanchez, Marine Corps Lance Corporal, Jared Schmitz, Navy Hospital Corpsman, Max Soviak.
This is the Gunny Signs sounding Liberty Call. <laughs> 